O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, May 11th. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feasts, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit. As it is written in Romans 10:17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. As it is written in Isaiah 55.11 So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures, and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bamidbar, and it means in the wilderness. Numbers 1, 42-54 Of the descendants of Naphtali, the registration of the clans of their ancestral house, as listed by name, aged twenty years and over, all who were able to bear arms, those enrolled from the tribe of Naphtali, 53,400. Those are the enrollments recorded by Moses and Aaron and by the chieftains of Israel, who were twelve in number, one man to each ancestral house. All the Israelites, aged twenty years and over, enrolled by ancestral houses, all those in Israel who were able to bear arms. All who were enrolled came to 603,550. The Leviim, however, were not recorded among them by their ancestral tribe. For Hashem had spoken to Moses, saying, Do not on any account enroll the tribe of Levi, or take a census of them with the Israelites. You shall put the Leviim in charge of the Mishkan of the pact, all its furnishings, and everything that pertains to it. They shall carry the Mishkan and all its furnishings, 
and they shall tend it. They shall camp around the Mishkan. When the Mishkan is to set out, the Leviim shall take it down. And when the Mishkan is to be pitched, the Leviim shall set it up. Any outsider who encroaches shall be put to death. The Israelites shall encamp troop by troop, each man with his division, and each under his standard. The Leviim, however, shall camp around the Mishkan of the pact, that wrath may not strike the Israelite community. The Leviim shall stand guard around the Mishkan of the pact. The Israelites did accordingly, just as Hashem had commanded Moses. So they did. First Samuel ten one to eleven fifteen. Samuel took a flask of oil and poured some on Saul's head and kissed him and said, Hashem, herewith anoints you ruler over his own people. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near the tomb of Rachel in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will tell you that the donkeys you set out to look for have been found and that your father has stopped being concerned about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? You shall pass on from there until you come to the terebinth of Tabor. There you will be met by three men making a pilgrimage to Hashem at Bet-El. One will be carrying three kids, another will be carrying three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a jar of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept. After that, you are to go on to the hill of Hashem, where the Philistine prefects reside. There, as you enter the town, you will encounter a band of Nevi'im coming down from the shrine, preceded by lyres, timbrels, flutes, and harps, and they will be speaking in ecstasy. The Spirit of Hashem will grip you, and you will speak in ecstasy along with them. You will become another man. And once these signs have happened to you, act when the occasion arises, for Hashem is with you. After that you are to go down to Gilgal ahead of me, and I will come down to you to present burnt offerings and offer sacrifices of well-being. Wait seven days until I come to you and instruct you what you are to do next. As Saul turned around to leave Samuel, Hashem gave him another heart and all those signs were fulfilled that same day. And when they came there to the hill, he saw a band of Nevi'im coming toward him. Thereupon the spirit of Hashem gripped him, and he spoke in ecstasy among them. When all who knew him previously saw him speaking in ecstasy, together with the Nevi'im, the people said to one another, What's happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul too among the Nevi'im? But another person there spoke up and said, And who are their fathers? Thus the proverb arose, Is Saul too among the Nevi'im? And when he had stopped speaking in ecstasy, he entered the shrine. Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, Where did you go? To look for the donkeys, he replied. And when we saw that they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Tell me, said Saul's uncle, what did Samuel say to you? Saul answered his uncle, He just told us that the donkeys had been found. But he did not tell him anything of what Samuel had said about the kingship.
Samuel summoned the people to Hashem at Mitzpah and said to them, Thus said Hashem, the God of Israel, I brought Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and of all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But today you have rejected your God who delivered you from all your troubles and calamities. For you said, No, set up a king over us. Now station yourselves before Hashem by your tribes and clans. Samuel brought forward each of the tribes of Israel, and the lot indicated the tribe of Benjamin. Then Samuel brought forward the tribe of Benjamin by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was indicated. Then Saul, son of Kish, was indicated. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. They inquired of Hashem again, Has anyone else come here? And Hashem replied, Yes, he is hiding among the baggage. So they ran over and brought him from there, and when he took his place among the people, he stood a head taller than all the people. And Samuel said to the people, Do you see the one whom Hashem has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people acclaimed him, shouting, Long live the king! Samuel expounded to the people the rules of the monarchy, and recorded them in a document which he deposited before Hashem. Samuel then sent the people back to their homes. Saul also went home to Giva, accompanied by upstanding men whose hearts Hashem had touched. But some scoundrels said, How can this fellow save us? So they scorned him and brought him no gift. But he pretended not to mind. Nahash the Ammonite marched up and besieged Gabesh-Gilead. All the men of Jabesh-Gilead said to Nahash, Make a pact with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash the Ammonite answered them, I will make a pact with you on this condition, that everyone's right eye be gouged out. I will make this a humiliation for all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days' respite, so that we may send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. If no one comes to our aid, we will surrender to you. When the messengers came to Giva of Saul and gave his report to the hearing of the people, all the people broke into weeping. Saul was just coming from the field driving the cattle, and Saul asked, Why are the people crying? And they told him about the situation of the men of Jebesh. When he heard these things, the spirit of Hashem gripped Saul, and his anger blazed up. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces, which he sent by messengers throughout the territory of Israel with the warning, Thus shall be done to the cattle of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel into battle. Terror from Hashem fell upon the people, and they came out as one man. Saul mustered them in Bezek, and the Israelites numbered 300,000, the men of Yehudah 30,000. The messengers who had come were told, Thus shall you speak to the men of Jabesh-Gilead. Tomorrow, when the sun grows hot, you shall be saved. When the messengers came and told this to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, they rejoiced. The men of Jabesh then told the Ammonites, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you please. The next day Saul divided the troops into three columns. At the morning watch they entered the camp and struck down the Ammonites until the day grew hot. The survivors scattered. No two were left together. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it said, 
Shall Saul be king over us? Hand the men over, and we will put them to death. But Saul replied, No man shall be put to death this day, for this day Hashem has brought victory to Israel. Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal, and there inaugurate the monarchy. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there at Gilgal they declared Saul king before Hashem. They offered sacrifices of well-being there before Hashem, and Saul and all the men of Israel held a great celebration there. John 6, 43-71 Yeshua therefore answered and said to them, the Jews, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught of God. Every man therefore that has heard and has learned of the Father comes unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God, he has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof, and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever, and the bread that I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yeshua said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Yeshua knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before, it is the Spirit that quickens, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Yeshua knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given to him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Yeshua to the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are Christ, the Son of the living God. 
Yeshua answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Psalm 107, 1-43 O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind, which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He makes the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet, so he brings them to their desired haven. O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people, and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness, and with the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness, for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turns the wilderness into a standing water, and dry ground into water springs. And there he makes the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. 
He blesses them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffer not their cattle to decrease. Again, they are minished, and wrought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He pours contempt upon princes, and causes them to wander in the wilderness, where there is no way. Yet sets he the poor on high from affliction, and makes him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Proverbs 15, 1-3 A soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. I want to speak to you today from our reading from First Samuel chapter 10 and 11, and then we're going to jump into the Brit Hadashah, into John chapter 6. And in First Samuel, chapters 10 and 11, we see that the people have insisted that they want to have a king. They want to be like the nations around them. And so God has told Samuel, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting me. So let's give them what they want. And after Samuel has given them fair warning that this king would exact taxes from them and would take their grains and their wine and their sons and their daughters and that they would have to serve this king the people still said no we want a king and so Samuel anoints Saul and in chapter 10 verse 2 it is written when you leave me today you will meet two men near the tomb of Rachel in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah and they will tell you that the donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and that your father has stopped being concerned about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Already in biblical times, the tomb of Rachel was a well-known landmark for the Israelites. Ever since Jacob buried his beloved wife Rachel, the children of Israel have prayed at this holy site. According to the sages, Joseph stopped to pray at his mother's grave on his way down to Egypt, and when the children of Israel were exiled from the land, they also passed by Rachel's tomb, and she cried to God on their behalf, saving them from complete destruction. During the period of Turkish rule over the land of Israel, Sir Moses Montefiore renovated the tomb and constructed the domed building that covers the site in Bethlehem until today. Rachel's tomb was one of the holy places liberated by Israel in the Six-Day War, and is again a site of prayer for the Jewish people. Continuing on in chapter 10, verse 19, But today you have rejected your God, who delivered you from all your troubles and calamities. For you said, No, set up a king over us. Now station yourselves before Hashem by your tribes and clans. And so then we see that 
the different tribes are set up and then the tribe of Benjamin is brought forward and then the clan of the Matrites is indicated and then Saul, son of Kish, was indicated. So then the people decide that they're going to inaugurate this king. Verse Chapter 11, verse 14. Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and there inaugurate the monarchy. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse, chapter 11, verse 14, reads as follows. Samuel tells the people it is time to renew the monarchy, which leads to a second coronation of King Saul and great rejoicing. Rashi explains the need for this renewal. Previously, not everyone had acquiesced to Saul's appointment. At this point, though, the entire nation willingly agrees. Monarchy, like all just forms of governments, requires the consent of the governed. Therefore, it is not surprising that Israel's government in the contemporary pre-Messianic era is a democracy. In fact, it is the only democracy in a region of autocracies and theocracies. Now let's jump into our New Testament reading from John chapter 6. And in this chapter, Yeshua is talking to his disciples about the living bread from heaven. He says in verses 47 to 50, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. So here, Yeshua is making a direct comparison to their ancestors when they were in the wilderness and they ate the manna that fell on the ground from heaven. And he's saying they ate that manna, but they died. But I am the living bread from heaven, and you eat of this bread, and you shall have eternal life. And so he goes on to say, in verse 58, This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and they are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live forever. Verse 63, It is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so, some of his disciples were taking his words literally. And they were thinking, what? You want us to literally eat your flesh? You want us to be uh, human flesh eaters? And, And they thought that was really gross. And so they they did not understand what he was talking about. And so in verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. So basically, Yeshua is calling them to a higher level of commitment. 
He's, what does it really mean to eat his flesh and to drink his blood? What does that mean? Is it a ceremony when we take communion? Is it part of the Seder, Passover Seder, when we drink from the cup and we eat of the unleavened bread? Or is it something much deeper? To eat his flesh and to drink his blood is to basically consume him. How do we consume Yeshua? Yeshua is the word of God made flesh. So when we are in the word and we take it in to our heart and into our spirit, we are consuming him. We're having a meal together when we read the word together. He is the word made flesh. And the word came and dwelt among us. And so his words are life. His words are our very life. And when we take it into our heart and we walk it out and we live it out, it changes us. His words are life and they are spirit. So, Yeshua is calling his disciples to a higher level of commitment. And in verse 67, then Yeshua said to the twelve, Will you go also away? And then Simon Peter answered him and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so we continue our faith journey. We've come so far and there's no going back. It goes back to the old hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus or Yeshua. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. So be encouraged in your walk. Keep on consuming Yeshua and taking him in through the word and by the power of his Holy Spirit. And may he increase in you, and you decrease. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow.
The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.